authors. I'm Daria White. Welcome to my podcast. I am a sweet romance author and thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, which today we are going to be discussing showing and telling. And I will be referring to a writer's guide, particularly Sandra Gerth's show Don't Tell. Again, Sandra Gerth, G-E-R-T-H. The book is called Show Don't Tell. She does have other guides available, but I'll be talking about this one specifically today. So what is showing and what is telling? I've heard it before, but I really didn't understand the concept of it until I really became serious about my writing and what I wanted to do with it. So telling basically means, again, I'm referring to the guide here, you the author are giving readers conclusions and your interpretations. So your book is basically like a report. You're telling them what happens, you're telling them what to feel, you're telling what your characters are feeling, and they're just reading it as if it was, like I said, a report. Versus showing means you're providing your readers with enough concrete information, vivid details, so that they can draw their own conclusions. So for example, telling would be Ava was angry. Pretty self-explanatory, right? But that's not really engaging. You're you drawing your own conclusion. Versus showing would be Ava's nostrils flare. She slammed her hand on the counter and yelled, Are you kidding me? Get out of my house. That brings a little bit more emotion in comparison to the first way of saying it. Now, is either way wrong? Well, there are some times where you do need to just tell, especially if this particular scene or whichever scene you're writing, if it's not moving your story forward, if it's not adding to the conflict, if it's not adding to the tension between your main characters, or if it's just something that you're doing to fill in so you can make a certain word count and it's not really substantial to the story, then you probably just need to just sum some things up and tell it. Whereas if it is adding to your story, if it is important to your scene, you want to show as much as possible. Because I didn't think about this until I read this guide by Sandra Gerth that you're really patronizing your readers when you just simply tell them what's going on. Your readers are smart, <laughs> okay? They're, they have brains and those brains work. So when they read a book, they can figure out what's going on. So you want to give them enough information through details, through descriptions, to where they can feel like they're a part of the story. You want them to feel like as if they're sitting right in that room with your character, they're feeling their emotions, whether they're happy, sad, you know, whatever, because you want them to have an experience when they pick up your book, whether it's a paperback or a Kindle. You want them to have an experience. Another way to explain it is telling is like giving your readers a secondhand report. Basically, think of a doctor's report. You don't want your book to read like a doctor's report. I know I don't. Instead, you want your readers to experience the events firsthand and they can draw their own conclusions. So by the time they close that book, they can say, wow, that story was awesome. And when they fall in love with your story, you'll see the five and four star reviews and there'll be a spread around uh, in terms of word of mouth about your book. And you'll start to see, you know, your popularity grow and your fan base grow. So you want to show as much as possible. But side note, I do believe that there needs to be a balance with it because do you need to show everything? No, I personally don't think so. Like I said, if it does not move your story forward, if it's not important to the scene, if it's just dragging it, you may need to just sum it up and tell it. You know, for example, if your characters have an argument, let's say this is a romance for me in in my genre. If my leading man is arguing with the leading lady, my scene that I'm going to focus on is the argument, the dialogue, which is what I'm going to list in a few minutes in terms of how you can turn 
the telling into showing. But if they're having an argument, I'm going to be focusing on the dialogue itself. But when the argument is over, then that part of the scene is finished. So I can just sum it up with my character just leaving or storming out, going to her car and speeding out the, uh, the parking lot. I don't have to necessarily say Ava you know, stormed through the parking lot. She looked around for a car. She spotted it. She unlocked it, hearing the beeping of the alarm. She got into the car. She felt that's not important as the argument scene, which adds to the story, which you have to determine as the reader, okay, are they going to recover from this argument? Is he going to apologize? Is she going to apologize first? That's more important than her getting in the car and driving home. So like I said, if it doesn't add to it, then just tell it. If it does, then show it. So how to know when you're telling. Sandra does list some things there and she has about a few red flags, about nine of them. One is conclusions. Again, you're drawing your own conclusions. You're telling your reader what to feel. Abstract language, meaning you're very vague in what you're saying. You're not quite you know, your readers look okay, like this line is a little bit confusing. What exactly do they mean? And you're not elaborating. Another thing is summaries, again, conclusions. Another way is backstory. Now, we're going to have a full episode on backstory, so I'm not going to go into it. This has been one of my tendencies. So, yeah, this is going to be a, a whole episode by itself backstory. Another one is adverbs. Yeah, adverbs. <laughs> Adverbs, she says, if you use a lot of adverbs, then nine times out of ten, you're telling. Now, they are okay to use, but you want to use them sparingly. Another one is adjectives. Again, more of the abstract adjectives like interesting or beautiful. And then your linking verbs, your weaker verbs, was, were, is, are, felt, appeared, seemed, and looked. Those are linking verbs and they don't have a lot of power in your story. You want strong verbs. And then the emotion words. You don't want to name your emotions like angry, happy, sad. You want to describe those emotions. So angry, nostrils flaring, um, eyebrows scrunching, sad, bottom lip quivering, shaking hands. I mean, you want your reader to see what's going on. You want to paint the picture there. So, how do you turn your telling into showing? Well, we've all heard this before, using the five senses here. Uh, you want to do taste, smell, touch, hearing. You want to engage all the five senses there. I know I didn't list all of them, but you get the idea, right? You want your reader to smell like if they're among, you know, a garden of flowers, you know, how it means, does she take a deep breath and inhale the smell of lavender and it calms her from within? I mean, you want to engage that. Again, like I mentioned before, you want strong verbs. You want concrete nouns. And she also says breaking activities into smaller parts. That's another way to do it. Figurative language is another way to turn your telling into showing. Using your similes like like or as. And of course, your metaphors as well. And I've had to practice this writing in real time. Unless you are doing a quick flashback or you're doing a little bit and sprinkling some backstory there, then you want to write in the present, not necessarily going back and forth or having pages and pages of something that happened 10 years before, you know, the story begins with your character. Backstory is important. Again, we'll talk about that another time more in depth, but you want to make sure that you're writing in the present because I've noticed this even with my writing. If I write a scene that's too long referring to the past, it's going to drag your story. 
and your readers, they're going to be disengaged. You may have had them at the first page. You may have had them with the hook. But if your backstory takes too long, then you're probably going to lose some people. Now, some people are like me. They may feel obligated to finish the book once they start it. I am like that. If, if I start a book nine times out of ten, I'm going to finish it. Unless I just don't like it or I'm like, okay, this is not what I thought it was. That's different. But nine times out of ten, I'm going to finish the story. And, of course, dialogue. I personally love writing dialogue. I know there's some authors that have trouble with it, but I love dialogue. I don't know what it is. It's interesting how we as writers, sometimes we can hear conversations in our head. And that's my favorite part to write. I don't mind writing the narrative parts, more of the prose and the text of the manuscript, but I really love getting to dialogue. Even when I'm reading other books by different authors, I'll find myself speed reading just to get to the dialogue. I don't know why. So dialogue is another way for you to show. A couple more is internal monologue, which is basically... Uh, pointing out your character's thoughts and you can do this by italicizing it so an example of this would be finally the bell rang announcing the end of my work day thank the lord and thank the lord is, is italicized that's more of an internal monologue whereas more of the indirect type of way of saying it would be to pose like a non-direct question for example in my book my character's name is adrian and my leading man's name is Trace. So Adrian may say something to the degree of, or maybe I would phrase it as this, Adrian couldn't trust Trace, but could she? Could she trust him with her heart? See, more of those indirect questions, you can use that as a way of showing without it necessarily being a thought that your character is actually thinking. And what I also love about this guide is that Sandra has exercises for you to do. Because for me, I personally will open up a blank Word document if I don't necessarily want to write it out by hand. I'll open up a blank Word document and I'll practice writing a scene just to work on my descriptions, to work on using the five senses, to work on using figurative language, working on dialogue. And I'll write it out and I'll look over it and if I feel like I need to change it up or if I feel like, you know what, this isn't good at all, then I'll delete it and I'll start back over again. So all of this takes practice. All of it takes practice. I know we admire a lot of authors out there who are bestsellers and they look like they're the top dogs in the game, but they had to start somewhere too. And I bet if we had a moment to talk with them, they would share with us some stories about how they got started, how they probably didn't feel as confident about their first manuscript. So we all learn and grow and start from somewhere. So that's what I love about writing. But again, I do think there needs to be a balance with show and telling. You probably have to have the majority of your book showing, but again, do you want to show everything? No, you don't want to show everything because you're going to have a long, long, long book. And unless you're hitting for that epic word count, which I think is past 110,000 words, more power to you. But me, I'm not trying to write that long of a novel. Honestly, my goal would probably be 100,000 at the minimum nothing past that but that's just me that's the way I would like to write some may want to write more than that so if you have a tendency to overwrite then watch out for that but if you have a tendency to underwrite look at the examples that I just listed to help you and to work on that again the guide is show don't tell by Sandra Girth 
In our next episode, we are going to be talking about writer's guides. So I will be uh, giving you all some more um, examples of the guides that I use in next uh, week's episode. And we'll get into more of that and I'll show you what works best for me. And you can make your own conclusions about what you would like to use. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm enjoying this. Really, I am. Uh, Believe it or not, I am a natural introvert. So this is a big step for me, but nothing happens inside of your comfort zone. So I'm proud of myself if nobody else is. (laughs) I'm proud of myself for taking that step. And again, these are all my opinions. This is nothing set in stone. Whatever I say, please sift. I believe in sifting. You don't have to take what someone says verbatim. Search it out for yourself, research it for yourself, and find what works best for you and for your writing. That's what's most important. So I will talk to you guys next time. And remember, if you wrote a book, it's already unique because you wrote it, and no one can write a book like you. So God bless. I'll talk to you all later. Bye.